Welcome to Ask Tammy Live. My name is Tammy Shambada and I'm so glad that you are here. Today we're going to be talking about something totally relevant, totally timely. Can't wait to jump into it. Basically, we're talking about e-commerce. So go ahead and join the conversation. You are welcome. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to be talking about e-commerce. I'm extremely excited about this topic. It's December and I just feel like this is a really, 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 really good topic for anybody joining. I want you to know up front that these videos for the month of December will not remain online because I just know that they're totally valuable. I'm putting it out there for people who are joining us up front, but I'm not going to leave it out there. I'm going to package these and probably do some e-commerce myself, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, but I just want you to know that the topic that we're touching on today is awesome. So again, welcome to Ask Tammy Live. This is the place where we discuss the best ways to establish your business, protect your name, and keep your profits. This month, we're doing e-commerce law unlocked. We're going to be talking about all the things that people don't know about going into business online. Today specifically has an introduction. We're going to talk about the 10 major issues, 10 major legal issues that e-commerce business owners should know about because these are the 10 legal issues that people face the most. So uh, before we jump in, I just want to give some stats. This is honestly the way that future is going. Like the next, we're in the e-commerce phase. Everyone is doing it. The statistics line up. The research shows that this is the future. In fact, we're actually moving from a place of e-commerce on our computers onto mobile devices. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on. So just to give you a background or just so that you have an understanding of why this topic is so important and why I want you to be equipped and empowered to know legally what you're doing is because of this. Right now, it's on the rise. Statistics are showing that in the next three to four years, e-commerce will be worth $4.5 trillion. That's triple what it is already today. But I mean, if we go back and we probably do the research between now and 10 years ago, it's probably astronomical. Like who thought we would be in this day and age where we would be able to buy things off of our phone by just clicking a button, but we can with our apps. Additionally, another like surprising statistic or something to keep in mind is that this is the age of DIY consumers. So what's happening is that there's a lot of a lot more business to consumer um, businesses that are occurring. Like people are cutting out the middleman and they are trying to just figure out how can we do things on our own. And because of that, the self-service world is growing. And so online pro provides that platform and that outlet for people. Additionally, Right now, small retail, small retailers, you see I'm talking really fast because I'm so excited. So I'm gonna slow down and go back into this. So small retailers are actually outpacing the larger retailers when it comes to converting customers. So what that means is that when you look at the mom and pop shops online or you see the people who are small companies that are owned by a handful of people that have online homes, they're actually growing faster than all the big stores that we see at the mall. If you're paying attention, you'll probably notice that a lot of the big stores in the malls are actually being forced to shut down because brick and mortar is expensive and it doesn't necessarily give people an opportunity to convert. What usually happens is people are more comfortable shopping in their pajamas at home, having items come to their house and shopping that way. So again, these are some of the statistics for the landscape that we're dealing with just from a purely business and economical perspective, right? Now, from a legal perspective, the law is trying to catch up. 
a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about are basic fundamentals for business law in general, but we have a couple of things that become more common and more prevalent when we're looking at the online landscape. There's certain issues that, there, that the FTC and different government agents agencies are trying to crack down on, and we'll be touching on those. One of the interesting things that I'm noticing is like the FTC and the government are very big on trying to protect the people and they're trying to grow in their ways of policing. But what I found is that online and social media has also provided an opportunity for consumers to police. So the use of reviews are extremely important, right? People are able to post things freely and sometimes that can bring about legal issues and we might touch on those today too. But these are some of the different things like from a practical standpoint that translate into legal issues. Okay, so I've given just the fundamentals, a nice little background, a nice little, um, yes, global and mobile. Thank you for that hashtag. Exactly. So we've talked a little bit about some of the basics and the, the I, I would say, fundamental building blocks for this conversation. Now I'm going to share these 10 things without any particular order. They're just things that you want to keep in mind. A lot of people don't realize that these are legal issues, and it's really important to think about them up front because we're gonna move into a phase where the government is going to start enforcing these things. They're gonna grow in their capacity to keep up with all the digital changes because they're gonna realize that that's where the money is. And you wanna make sure that on the outskirts, you are already equipped. There are certain areas where even between now and three years ago, agencies like the FTC have upped the ante and have become more vigilant in police and different things, and we will talk about those. So without any further ado, here are your top 10 legal issues in no particular order. So I'm not going to say number one is the most important or number 10 is the least important or anything like that. These are just things that should be red flags for you to think about and to make sure you have an order when you launch your e-commerce site. All right, so number one, the first thing, really basic, is when you start off, contractual issues when it comes to the actual development of your website. A lot of people are entering into contracts with web developers, and these, develop, these terms are not clear. They're not explicit, and so people are having issues with regards to launch terms, for example, like what day will things be ready? Um, people are also having issues with regards to intellectual property for the creation of these websites. Another area when we're talking about, again, contractual issues for developing your site is the technology behind it. Let's say you're using unique, um, you're using unique, unique algorithms when it comes to figuring out how to convert people on your website. That's a technological creation. Who owns that? Who owns that trade secret? These are some of the contractual issues that people face when it comes to developing their websites. So that's the first legal issue, okay? We've got that contractual issues for the development of your website. Now, I would also want, I wanna add that in some instances, some of these are being taken care of a little bit with the development of things like Shopify and Squarespace. They are trying to keep ahead of the legal landscape and so they try and, you, you know, they do a lot of DIYs. So people kind of bear the burden and the risk with those on their own. So that has a slight effect on how prevalent this issue is, but still a lot of people outsource the development of their sites, even if they're using platforms like Squarespace and all the other ones that are available. So what's our first one? Our second one is with regards to website hosting and hosting conversations and things like that on your site. So if you have a site where people are able to leave reviews or they're able to, able to leave comments, they're able to write things and put comments down and interact and have forums, those are areas where you could be open up to legal liability if someone for, 
for example, were to post something about their about some type of danger to themselves, or if someone were to post something or share some type of technological virus on those sites. Those are some of the legal issues that we have, are places where people have open forums, but they're able to insert things or say things or do things. How that's being policed is a potential legal issue. Because if someone does something bad, if someone is behaving badly with regards to their commentary or to the things that they want to do and things like that on that site, who's going to be held liable? A lot of times when we start looking at the way the civil suits are working, or even in a few instances, criminal suits, if something bad happens, they're going to try and place liability on the people who host those sites. And so this is one of the, the issues that you kind of want to be aware of when it comes to hosting your own e-commerce site. What are going to be your parameters when it comes to allowing people to chat and to communicate and exchange ideas on your site? And how do you lay out ground rules? Now, there's some things that you can use, like your terms and conditions. And I talk about that often, and I have some things on my site about that specifically. But those are some of the areas and the ways where you can deal with some of these issues with regards to policing the open forums on your site. Okay, so we've talked about two. Number three, this one is super common, okay? And most people might already have this in the back of their mind, copyright infringement. Yes, people posting things and, and copying things that don't belong to them and putting them on their sites. Has an attorney, it's one of the things that I just look for all the time when I go on a site, and I see it sometimes. I see it on um, fashion designer sites, people who are taking other people's fashion designs and posting it on their sites as though they were the ones who created these things. You're gonna run into issues. You absolutely are, and you're, it's not just gonna be from the federal government, it's gonna be person to person because people are keeping track of who's using their stuff. And I don't care if you're a celebrity or if you're just a little person on the street, you can't steal other people's stuff. If you find it on Google, that's not enough. That is not saying that it's open source. You need to be very diligent and very specific when you're looking for um, items to put on your site. The best rule of thumb in general when it comes to this, and I'm already just putting information out there for you, is to create your own content. Create your own pictures, create your own words, create your own things, and there's a ton of tools available. You know, there are a ton of tools available for individuals to create their own materials online, right? So that's your best, your best bet when you want to protect yourself is to figure out how can I take my own pictures? How can I create my own content so I'm not worried about infringing on someone else's? And the funny thing is that there are people who might infringe on other people's but don't see it as a problem. But as soon as they see something that they invested their creativity into and something that they created on someone else's website or on someone else's social media, they seem to get it all of a sudden because no one wants their material to be stolen or to be copied. Okay. So this is one of the major, 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 major issues. I see someone wrote hashtag team content creator. Yes, exactly. These are for my creative individuals. And so the next one that I want to talk about is similar to the copyright infringement, right? Taking other people's stuff, their pictures. Oh, and I want to also add before I move on to the next one is that look for also free resources. There are things like pixels and um, different types of free picture, free music websites that are allowing people to share things that they create and share it freely. Some of these websites just require that you give attribution, which means say where you got it from, but they're not going to charge you. So do things like that. If you must use something that someone else created, if you don't have that creativity bug inside of you. Okay. The next one, which links to copyright, but is different is trademark. 
Now, both of these things are intellectual property items, so they're dealing with the cre the things that we create in our mind, right? Um, but trademark is a little bit different in that copyright is whatever you create, whether it's published or not, you own that copyright, and if someone creates it or copies it, they're in trouble. Trademark is specifically dealing with how you identify the source or the good, the source of a good or service. So it's basically what are the distinguishing characteristics of different things? What is the distinguishing mark or the distinguishing color or the distinguishing characteristic of an item? So trademark issues are huge when it comes to this digital era um, because people are, you know, ideas that nobody can have a monopoly on ideas. So there are a ton of ideas that are constantly being generated, but people see someone else's and they want to build off of it because they like what they've done. You can't do that. One of the, one of the uh, fundamental, I would say, building blocks for trademark law is confusion to the consumer. So if you, the way that you've created your distinguishing mark makes, can confuse someone as to whether it's from you or from someone else, I want you to err on the side of caution and stay away from it. You want to make sure that you're totally distinct. Of course, there are different areas, and we'll talk about those more specifically as we go through this series. But in general, with regards to trademark infringement, you want to make sure that you are staying away from things that other people kind of already um, have already established. And I see we got some comments, trademarks, slogan marks, exactly. And placing TM next to your work does not fly. Exactly. So just putting a TM next to it doesn't necessarily mean that you own that trademark. You have to go through the process of actually um, making sure no one else has already used it. And then you want to make sure that you can go further and register your trademark. So using a TM might be a temporary solution if you're in the process of trying to register your mark and you've already made sure that you are the only person using it. All right. You have to make sure that you are the only person who has used that trademark or that service mark. I want to also note this particular thing when it comes to domain names. A lot of people get really excited when they Google, they go to GoDaddy.com or they go to one on one and they search a particular term and they find that the domain name is available. That is a good sign, but it does not mean that you have total clearance to use this trademark. It's super, 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 super important that you do the search to check in general that maybe somebody doesn't have the website domain name, but they've created products or they have a no, like they have a known business with regards to those names. Those are some of the types of issues that we see when it comes to trademark infringement issues on websites. So again, watching out for the way that you name things. Like some people I've seen will try and say, well, I spelled this word, Let's say we're talking about Logitech, for example. I'm looking at my, my webcam, and that's the maker. Let's say you've decided to start your own online tech company, and you say, but my Logitech is spelled with two Gs and a K. Guess what? That doesn't fly, right? And those are some of the issues that we're seeing when it comes to trademark infringement, okay? So I want you to be aware of that. So we've talked about four issues so far. We talked about contractual issues with, with developing your website. We talked about web hosting and open forums on your sites. Talks about copyright infringement, trademark infringement. Now we're moving on to number five. Number five is spamming and the use of email marketing. This is another issue that people run into when it comes to running their e-commerce sites. A lot of individuals are excited and they're like, oh, I have my own store. And they do things, for example, like create a mailing list with all the emails that they have in their address book. That is a huge no-no. Like you're breaking laws and you could get into trouble 
if you're not on top of it, right? Like you cannot just add someone to a mailing list and start emailing them all these different types of, of ads and things for your products if they have not opted into it, if they've not said, yes, this is what I want. And so these are some of the issues that people are facing. I'll give you an example for something that I'm, I, I feel like I'm facing or dealing with now. I signed up for something at an event um, on an email list and I no longer want to be on the email list. I've tried to unsubscribe like three times and I can't. I, they, they keep sending me stuff. Technically, from a legal perspective, they are in the wrong. Like they're totally in the wrong. And I'm watching this happen and I'm like, no, I don't want to be on your email list. Why won't you let me go? Why do you keep sending me emails? That is a huge issue. And if I decided, I mean, they're probably if I decided to try and push it, they could get into some issues, into some trouble. And if their um if their community is large enough and enough people complain, it's gonna be a problem. So, you know, they want to make sure that you're not automatically um, just, you're not automatically adding people to listen, that you're keeping with some of the rules that are in place. Now, if you're using something like a MailChimp or a, what's the other one? There's one that begins with C, constant contact. If you're using some of those, <laughs> I see someone has tried to unsubscribe as well and even call. Yeah, it's a headache. It's a headache. Now, if you're using something like MailChimp and constant contact, those two forms in particular, I haven't checked out the other ones, they kind of have catered their email program list to, um, to be in compliance with most of the laws. There are certain things that you can kind of adjust and customize, but you want to make sure that you're keeping with what they say. And I think they might even have online guides available to help you know exactly what those laws um, require. But these are areas, again, e-commerce-wise, where you run into issues. And I will touch a little bit more about e-commerce and email lists and things like that in some of our other topics, okay? Um, but we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about the next one, which is the use of influencers and endorsements on social media uh, and on your websites, right? So one of the things that I touched on at the beginning was how we're in a new age where consumers are kind of policing themselves where they're writing reviews and they're able to kind of talk about things all the time. There's very free and open communication that's happening with regards to the way people protect themselves online. If someone does someone wrong and you're an e-business, someone's going to write a terrible review on it and put it on all your social media platforms and run into all these issues there. But what I want people to know is that there are laws with regards to now the other side, which is getting people to endorse and to speak about your products. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, I just have a brand ambassador program and people can just sign up and I'm not giving them any money. But, you know, they might get some free clothes. Guess what? There are specific requirements about the way you must um, share that these arrangements are in place. For example, on Instagram, it's not just enough to put it there because the FTC and other government agencies are worried about people being tricked to think that this is a person's free review, right? Like they have no benefit. They're just giving a review like we do on Amazon. No, if this is an arrangement where it's to this person's benefit to leave a review, like they get something in exchange, there are guidelines that you need to follow. You need to put some hashtags. You need to put some disclaimers. You need to put some notices out there. And if you don't, the FTC in particular, and I've noticed this um, change, they are cracking down on this. Before, they would just focus on the business that was doing this. But now they're not only focusing on the business that is allowing people to you know, endorse them without having these things, but they're also cracking down on the influencers. So this means all of you bloggers, all of you people who are specialists here, 
Oh, I see some other people have commented. Sorry, I just noticed. But so some, um, some of you bloggers and people who come, who are sharing things that people have given you freely, I hope you're in compliance with what the law requires. They need to have something that says maybe a sponsor or hashtag ad. These are some of the things that you want to make sure that you are in compliance with. These are specific, again, to my e-commerce people. These are really unique issues that the FTC in particular is cracking down on. Like last year, apparently, or it wasn't last year, it was earlier this year, they sent a number of letters of warnings to celebrities and to all these brands that they were endorsing saying, hey, listen, this is, we're, we're, we're serious. Like, you need to stop. I've heard things about the Kardashians. Like, they've gotten into so much trouble with the FTC that there are actually some police groups, um, not police groups, but some online policing groups that have actually requested that the Kardashians be um, hit with a fine and that they have some type of punishment for the way in which they've disregarded the FTC rules. So I'm telling you all of this so that you realize that this is a huge issue that you want to be on the forefront of when it comes to protecting your sites because hey you don't want to you're not you're not a kardashian you don't got millions of dollars yet you know what i'm saying you got you might have some millions but you know you want to make sure that you're protecting this okay so that's for my um influencers and endorsers and i see a lot of people um logging on and, and interacting this is great F feel free to go back to the beginning and check out some of the things we've talked about we've gone over six different topics we have four more to go all right so the fourth uh, the, the seventh issue is consumer contractual issues so now we're talking about let me make sure okay i want to make sure i didn't skip over something now we're talking about your contractual agreements with the people who are coming to your sites Right. So this is not just the endorsers who are helping you. This is when somebody logs on to your site and they're trying to buy a dress or they're trying to buy one of your products. They're trying to buy your planner. They're trying to buy what you've created or what you are selling on this site. What are the different agreements that are in place between you and these people who come to your site? Have you outlined exactly what the, the terms of your sale so when it comes to sales, what are the different things? How do you do sizes? How do you do returns? How do you do purchases and shipping? How, generally speaking, and, and most of the time, if you look at your receipts, for example, when you go to stores, you'll see on the back that they have terms. They talk about their receipts. They talk about, I mean, returns. They talk about their exchanges. They talk about all these things on their receipts. You might even see some signs, especially around the holidays, that are on their walls near their cash wraps and things like that. These are some of the person, you know, consumer-based contractual issues that e-commerce people face. And one of the challenges, I would say, is when you're dealing with someone behind a screen, how many of us, okay, let's just be real. A lot of times we read through things and they're like, I've agreed to the terms and conditions. And a lot of people have not read those terms and conditions. And you just continue to, you know, buy things and you don't care. Well, if you're the e-commerce person and you've spent time and you have specific out, you know, arrangements or specific rules regarding how people shop and interact on your site, you don't want them to be able to now come, you know, down the line if there's some type of legal issue and say, hey, that doesn't count to me because I didn't see it. So you have to figure out how do I make sure that these things are enforceable? And so one of the things that we're going to talk about specifically later on this month is how you make sure these types of arrangements are things that you can actually enforce when it comes to court so that you don't have this additional issue, so that you don't have class action suits where a mass group of people are angry at you and they're trying to put you out of business. You know, what can you put in place to ensure that you've thought about your terms with your people in advance and that you have outlined the policies between you and the consumers that come and visit your site? So again, number seven is consumer contractual issues. 
Moving on, number eight is privacy law issues. Now again, remember I said that this is not in any particular order. Honestly, privacy law issues are one of the things that you'll hear about the most because right now there's so much data, so much information about all of us available online. Like you got these apps that tell exactly where you are, your name is there, you're signing up for email lists all over the place. So you got all this information that you've, that, that, is being exchanged online between you as a online business owner and the consumers who come to your site. Now with regards to privacy law issues, one of the things that you have to stay on top of, right, is you need to stay on top of how you collect this information and what, how you protect this information. There are lawsuits that are currently going on in different states and in different parts of this country where, where people are saying, this company said that they would protect my information, but they didn't actually take the right steps and there was a breach and somebody, you know, somebody hacked their accounts and now all my information was put out there in the, for the world. Those are real legal issues. Those are real lawsuits that are happening every day. So for you as an e-commerce site owner, right? For you, somebody who's trying to sell these things, you wanna make sure that you are, doing the, you are doing your due diligence when it comes to protecting the information that you collect, all right? Another thing that I wanted to note about this in particular is that one of the, the characteristics of this era that we're in is that our borders are being erased. So basically people are not just shopping, you know, you're not just shopping with sites or places that are located in the US. You're buying things from the UK. People are buying things from the UK and you're selling things to people in the UK and people in Nigeria and in Kenya and all over the world and in Australia. Well, for those of you who have these huge global markets, which is good, you need to be aware that the, there are different rules depending on where you are interacting around the world. For example, Europe has a far more developed privacy law, um, pri they have far more developed privacy laws in place than the US. And so there are specific things, specific disclaimers that are required for you if you have people who are buying things from you from places in the UK. If you're not, you could get into issues with them. And uh, jurisdictionally, you would probably lose because guess what? You have, you have now extended your arm in terms of business into their domain. And so these are some of the nuanced issues that people are facing. You really wanna make sure that you're aware of it. Even beyond internationally, I'll just say even California, like California, you know, it's the tech area. They are so far ahead. And so there are specific disclaimers that are required, even with regards to when you have people buying from California, because they have specific laws in place. Like, okay, if you have this type of e-site, um, e you need to make sure that you've told them that you're using cookies, which is a type of technological thing that does some tracking and needs to be disclosed, right? This is also a huge, huge issue with regards to the use of our mobile devices. See, I got my cell phone, looks a little dirty there. <laughs> but on our mobile devices, and like with mobile devices in particular, because you're dealing so much with like having so much information about people right there, you know what, they're, they're, what type of phone they're using, you know where, you could potentially know where they are. This is gonna be a huge thing. Like this right here, it's gonna be a huge thing, absolutely. Because everything is moving mobile. And you wanna make sure that you are not um, 
invading people's privacy or that you're not taking people's information and using it different in a way different from the reason why you said you want it. One of the rule of thumbs that they generally say from a legal perspective is don't take people's information if you don't need it. Like if you don't need that private information, if you don't need that phone number, like just don't. You know, um, with regards to using your different um, interactions, like people buying and selling things with the different merchants, good thing. The good thing is a lot of these online um, merchants are doing better with regards to encryption, but there's still some of these fraudulent things that occur. So you have to just make sure that you're vigilant, that you're doing your due diligence, your research, putting things in place, depending on your audience and the types of products and services that you sell, to make sure that you are protecting the information, including like billing information and names and email addresses and credit card things, that you're doing the right thing to keep that in place and protect you and consumers from fraud. All right, so that's privacy law issues. It's it's That is a huge topic in and of itself, and there's just so much there, um, but we're, we're, we're <laughs> nearing the end, so we're gonna move on. Number nine is age restriction issues. This is another one where the government, um, FTC in particular, is very vigilant as well, making sure that we're protecting our children online. I mean, I remember when we just started with all this online stuff and there was just so much exposure, you know, with, with chat rooms and young kids could get into so much trouble online. And so the government is very vigilant about having things in place when it comes to having um, children have access to things. So if you have goods and services that you're selling that are targeted towards children, you need, hands down, you need to talk to a lawyer. You need to talk to a lawyer because the requirements are like up here. Like you see that's beyond the screen, yes. There are a lot of specific things that you have to have in place if you are marketing your products towards children under the age of 13. It's, it's a huge thing that if you mess up, like the fines are astronomical and, and they're 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 enormous for every single violation. So every single child under the age that you don't have the specific guidelines in place, like you get hit with a huge fine. And I think that fine just went up this year. It was a certain, I don't have the exact figure right now, but it's, it's not a small number. It's not a couple hundred dollars. It's a couple thousand dollars for each infraction of that law. So age restriction issues is huge. All right, um, but moving on, our last one is tax issues. Tax issues are just a business issue type thing, but basically every state has its own different tax law. So in certain states, you know, you have to tax um, clothing. In other states that you don't, you want to make sure that as you set up your e-commerce site, right, that you have it, uh, you have the right tax structure outlined, that you've put the right things in place, so that you are keeping in track, um, in you're keeping in line with the state requirements. Along those same lines, I would say that you wanna be very careful, and this is not a, an issue per se, but you wanna be very cognizant you know, of where you're forming your business and the laws that are tied to it. So you can, you can live in Texas and form a Delaware company, but do you know the laws of Delaware? And how are you gonna make sure that you are enforced with the, you actually stay in line with those business laws that are associated with Delaware? Um, these are just some of the things that I want people to keep in mind when it comes to handling their online e-commerce business rules. So I have gone through a ton of, of topics right now. I'm going to go through and give you a quick recap of the 10 issues. 
for those of you who've been joining in now, I already told um, one of the things that I know that this information is super valuable and it's going to be available till the end of the year on, on um, Facebook and on my site. And then after that, I'm taking it down. So if you know people who should hear this and need to, sh you know, be uh, prepared, you're getting ready to launch your e-commerce site in 2018. You make sure that you are tagging those people, that you're sharing this information, that you're taking notes because it's not going to be available soon. So from the top, I'm going to just roll through them. Our 10 issues that we talked about. Number one, contract issues for developing your site. Number two, website hosting issues with open forums on your site. Number three, copyright infringement issues, right? You know, things that you create and, and not having people steal them and you're not stealing what other people create. Four, trademark infringement issues. Those are two distinct types of problems dealt differently, dealt with differently. Five, spamming and the use of email and online marketing. Okay, six, I guess I gotta use my other hand. Six, um, the use of influencers and endorsements on social media and on your website. Seven, consumer contractual issues. Eight, privacy law issues. Nine, age restrictions. And 10, tax issues. So those are our 10 major issues. We will touch on a lot of these in the next couple of weeks. This is your big primer, your introduction to e-commerce law. We are going to dig deep. We're going to figure this thing out because we want to make sure that we are in place and able to succeed as we go forward. I know this is the end of the year. We're all being reflective and we're pre preparing for next year. And I'm hoping that by doing this, those of you who are trying to get ready to launch your e-commerce sites are, are feeling like, okay, I'm not going into this blindly. Like I'm hoping that you're like, okay, at least I have an idea of what I need to do from a legal perspective. For those of you who have kind of heard some of my talks on this stuff before, you know that I'm big on privacy policies and terms and conditions and things like that for e-commerce sites. I actually have some materials already available on my site for people. They're, it's on the legal store. So if you go to www.toslegal.com and you click the link that says legal store, you'll see some of these things. I wanted to just let you know in general, this is not a sales pitch, it's just so you know my mindset behind some of the things that I'm creating and have created. So if you go online right now, you can Google and find a whole bunch of free templates and things that you can copy and paste and put on your site. What I found to be the problem though is not that people don't have contracts and they don't have terms and conditions and privacy policies on their site. Sometimes they have these things. A lot of people don't, but sometimes they do, right? But the problem is a lot of people don't know what any of these things mean. So they have them and they're not beneficial because, hey, you just copied and pasted it. Well, I decided that I wanted to figure out a way to help people where they would actually understand the terms and the conditions that they have. So in addition to just like giving you templates that you can use, most of the resources I provide have video guides and additional worksheets and checklists to help you understand and think through what you are putting out there online. So that when you put a return policy or a terms of sale policy on your site or a privacy policy on your site, you understand what you are promising to do and you understand what you are asking your consumer and your website visitors to do. I want that to be clear because that's really where the issue is. You could copy and paste a ton of stuff online. It's all available. You know, who, who are we kidding? But if you actually want to understand what it is that you have, feel free to check out some of the resources that I have available online. Done talking about that. 
Again, you know, we're always about figuring out the best ways to establish our businesses, protect our names, and keep our profits. There are lots of other resources available on my website, um, www.toslegal.com. If you have specific questions that you want to see if I can address on the Ask Tammy live show, go to www.toslegal.com slash or forward, what is it, forward, forward slash, is that what they call it? Uh, forward slash Ask Tammy. No spaces, no lies. All right, so it's slash ask Tammy, A S K T E M I. And there's a form there where you can submit questions. And you don't have to limit it to just this topic. If there's some things that you were curious about, go ahead and submit it there. And I'll have a wealth of things to kind of look for, look through, figure out what I can give you that will help you and empower you to be better and more informed um, as you go forward in your businesses. Um, again, feel free to share this, like this ask questions. I want you to follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Sometimes on Instagram, I'll put out little video clips that summarize some of the stuff that we've talked about, or I'll put together some little tidbits that I think help people, misconceptions that I realize that people have. I share all that stuff on, on my social media. And so that's free information. You already know lawyers because our school is so expensive. You know that, you know, a lot of times some of this information can be expensive to, um, to access, but I just really want people to have the knowledge to go forward and do better and be better. So that's all I have for tonight. Today was a little bit longer than I expected, but I am so glad. Thank you, Ms. Shante, for, for being so, um, for being so interactive. I really like when I have people have questions and comments, it really helps. Um, and everybody else, Victoria, I see that you were on and Ms. Jokotade was on. I saw people coming in and out. Um, Chioma, um, Chichi, you're awesome. All of you, you are amazing people, and I can't wait to see what 2018 has in stock for all of my online business owners. Let's go and dominate. All right, let's go do this. Have an amazing night, and I will see you next week. Bye.